0: morning it's your girl joy melody and we're here to help you start your mondays off right we're here to talk about a little education a little mental health and the music we use a cope in this crazy crazy world i hope you enjoy the show and you're listening to morning joy Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Um, told you season three was going to be great. I have a special guest on, so please introduce yourself and tell the people who you are.
1: My name's uh, Ade Adamson, and I'm an assistant professor um, in the Department of Internal Medicine at the uh, University of Texas at Austin Dell Medical School um, in the Division of Dermatology. So I'm a board-certified dermatologist um, and, um, yeah, that's kind of who I am. And, and I, my focus as a dermatologist is, um, on skin cancer. And, uh, I also have an interest in understanding how race and medicine intersect and how healthcare disparities exist and what we can do to fix them.
0: Yeah. And that's actually how I got to know Dr. Adamson. I got to take He was a um, co-professor in a class called Race in Medicine. And I miss that class so much. All of us, all the students talk amongst ourselves like, can we please have last semester again? Um, So just know that we still talk about all the stuff we learn in in almost all my classes. I'm like, well, last semester I took a class called Race in Medicine. And one of my professors told me. So um, you had a great impact on my life. And so you're in dermatology. You're a black man. Tell me about this trajectory into like you were in med school like mm, the skin sounds great. So like how did that happen?
1: Uh well first I want to thank you for taking the class that we took. Of it was course. A, it was amazing, you know, having you and the, the rest of the crew. I mean, doing it doing it via Zoom was interesting.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it uh you know, it was my first time teaching a, a graduate school class on race and medicine. I'm used to just teaching medical students and Um, medical residents so it was a lot of fun for me and I learned quite a lot um, from you guys Um, but yeah let me get into the question that you asked um, which (laughs) is how did I end up in dermatology how did this black man end up in dermatology well it was kind of by accident Mm. Um, you know when I went to medical school um, I thought that I was going to be some type of surgeon or, you know, something like that, uh, you know, wheeling a scalpel in the OR, (laughs) et cetera. Um, But when I got to third year of uh, medical school, I actually fell more in love with medicine, which is like just the general, you know, being kind of a general doctor who sees patients in the hospital and as as an outpatient and not necessarily somebody who's constantly uh, in the operating room. Um and also as you can, you know, you, you probably gather joy from me, uh, um teaching a race and medicine class, I'm a bit of a nerd. Um and what? I <laughs> and I really wanted to um marry my clinical interest, uh, which was medicine, with a research interest that I had, um, which was immunology, right? Um, the study of the immune system. Um I'm what what I kind of refer to myself as a recovering basic scientist. So I used to be somebody that uh, did a lot of research in the lab Mm. and the kind of research that I, you know, I was really fascinated by was, uh, was immunology and the skin you can think of as a huge, just immunologic organ. It has all sorts of cells that um, are immune related and the rashes that you get and things like that are all related to the immune system. So, you know, the skin you know, pique my interest.
0: Interesting. That's very interesting because we talk about skin being the largest organ or like the, I don't know what they say. I'm not a doctor, but with you explaining it that way, it makes me think of it differently. Like, I know that it's like a living part of my body, but I also never thought of it being like a part of the, you know, immune system.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that's, uh, You know, great about the skin is it's it's what basically protects the outside, you know, or the inside from the outside, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um, all of the things that are dangerous on the outside, you know, among the most dangerous are infectious things, right? Like bacteria, viruses, et cetera. And your skin um, is a primary barrier against those things, right? So, whenever you get a cut or you know, I don't know, you come into contact, something allergic to you, it's your immune system that rushes to that site of injury and prevents, you know, these, you know, bacteria and viruses from getting into your, uh, into your body.
0: Again, as you, I'm not even in class with you and you're still teaching me. So again, I would have never put that together because I just thought, you know, when I fall and get a cut or, you know, I break out because I'm allergic to roses or whatever it may be, I never thought about it being the immune system. So you're talking about what the immune system is doing, protecting us from day-to-day stuff. So then how did you jump from the day-to-day to to breaking myths about (laughs) sunscreen to us in class to talking about cancer and talking about skin cancer with specific populations?
1: So that was a long kind of windy road and I it was, know, you know, so the, you know, so let me, you know, for those that you your listeners that may not know about dermatology, but it's, um, it's one of the least diverse fields in medicine, right? Mm. Um, I would say that, uh, um, there are, you know, less than, you know, three or 4% of dermatologists are black. And less than half of that number are black men. Mm -hmm. I think there was only a handful um, in the entire country my year that um, you know graduated as a dermatologist that were black men. And so uh, I think that then affects how the field approaches the study of the skin. Okay, right, and where this is most kind of a indicative to me is the area of skin cancer. You know, skin cancers are things that we associate with white people, uh, which is, you know, appropriate, but folks of color also can get skin cancer. But the way people of color get skin cancer, and I'm talking particularly melanoma, which is the deadliest form of skin cancer, um, uh, one of the important modifiable risk factors is is sun exposure, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so for white people, they're always told, put on sunscreen. If you don't put on sunscreen, you'll get skin cancer, you'll get melanoma, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Right. But in my experience as a, um, and when I was training to be a dermatologist and just, you know, understanding about the disease where people of color and black people in particular usually end up getting melanoma Mm -hmm. is on the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet. But everything about my field, or all of the like major players in my field, would uh, would admonish, you know, der- um, um, patients of color to wear sunscreen so they could prevent melanoma and skin cancer. And it just made no logical sense to me, right? right. I, I and I became incensed by this. And you know, from our class, you know, Joy, you, pro- you probably sensed that. Uh, that, that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's what drew me to writing about it. And uh, my writings on this ended up in the Washington Post and later in the New York Times. And then mm-hmm. uh, Al Roker on the Today Show ended up getting um, interested in uh, what I was uh, having to say. And so mm-hmm. it kind of struck a nerve.
0: Right. It I struck a y'all n- in
1: the class, it struck a nerve too.
0: Yes, and so for the listeners, obviously you weren't in our class, but he blew all of our minds in class when we started talking about sunscreen and face wash and different stuff. We were just, our minds were blown and we partially didn't want to believe you because we have been, you know socialized, indoctrinated with all these commercials and all the things we're supposed to use for our skin. And trust me, my husband was like, see, I told you, y'all don't need all of that. So I think it's, I, you struck such a nerve and we didn't want to believe you. Sometimes I still don't, but-
1: <laughs> That's okay.
0: <laughs> I'll see you pop up on my timeline on Twitter, like here he goes again, stirring the pot, telling the truth, oh no.
1: Yeah.
0: But I think you, it struck a nerve because we never really- thought about skin cancer overall for black people. Like in my everyday life, I never thought about skin cancer. I thought about, you know, I can't get a sunburn. I can't get all of these things. So you struck a nerve because this myth that we were like invincible, this was the one thing that we couldn't get. Here you come talking about it. So how dare you one, but also how dare you to push those boundaries and thank you. And what is the pushback like to finally be like, actually, this is what we need to talk about. And this is how we need to talk about it.
1: So I get pushback back from, um, from a several, several places. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And to
1: me, if you, you know, you get pushback back from, you know, a lot of different places, um, you know, sometimes that can be a good sign. So I had right. black people, you know, pushing back, you know, saying, oh, I didn't know we could get skin cancer. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's possible. You can. <laughs> And then I said, I had other black people saying, but wait a second, my dermatologist or I saw a commercial and they said that if I don't wear sunscreen, I'll also get skin cancer too. I mean, I even, I even saw um, on an episode of Insecure uh, that Molly, you know, she quipped to somebody in, in her the law office that she was working that uh, she wears sunscreen because she's not trying to get skin cancer. and, I almost turned the television off. Oh when my I saw that. goodness! You know you
0: that's where you draw the line with institutions. Yeah, I
1: was like, <laughs> I was like I can't, I can't do this anymore. You know, but, but um, you know, uh so I got disbelief from those people too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, then there were also dermatologists that were like, well, we we can't tell people. Well, essentially, we can't tell this truth to people because it might be dangerous. Because there may be a couple people out there of color that might get some skin cancer because of of um, of the sun. And we just don't know 100%. And, you know, to them, I, I was just like, you know, but if you look at the data, the evidence, and, you know, I've published on this now, um, <laughs> there's, there's no data to support it. So why are we lying to people? Mm. And, you know, what I equip mostly to, you know, to folks to put it in, in proper context is, you Know when was the last time you saw a uh, skin cancer epidemic in a sunny country with a lot of black people, i.e., in sub Saharan Africa? They ever heard of that before? No,
0: okay, so I now mean, I gotta think. See how, did, see, you come on to my podcast, you make me think and like do all this stuff. See, see, this is why you're just you're the potster. Um, that's true, that's a good. So is that mean does that mean that there is this which we already know, but like does that mean that the dermatology is tied or a lot of things we get told is tied to profit of like my a dermatologist approved or a dermatologist approved that, and it's just tied to profit to get people to buy products to like what why are we getting this false information or what do you believe why we're getting this false information?
1: So I think it, there's a lot of uh, different reasons. Uh, one being that the field just not diverse. Mm. There are not a lot of folks of color, particularly not a lot of Black people um, that are out here concerned with the state of the skin in Black people. Mm. And I also think that from a messaging standpoint, um, white folks may not feel comfortable getting on a soapbox and saying, you know, sunscreen and all this is good for us, but, you know, for you, the benefits are a little bit different, right? Mm. Just the optics of that. You know, if I was right. white saying all of this, I think that there would be um a little bit of a, a side eye. Like, is there an ulterior motive here? You know, right. Are they are they trying to kill us? <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> here um, they go. I can already
1: see that. Yeah. I can already <laughs> see that. Right. Um, yeah. and then also, you know, there's the the fundamental issue that skin cancer is just much less common in black people. So it's a lot harder to, to study. Um, mm. and you know, people like to just have one unifying message for all people, um, which to some extent is understandable. Right. Um, but when it's not the truth, you know, why can't you also say that as well? I think, I think, you know, black people can think too, right? Um, and you yeah. don't have to mislead them with, with uh, misinformation just to, you know, make them feel safe.
0: Right. So it's like the truth with an asterisk, like this is true, but also this is, this also can be true. Right. Right which is, I could see the complication of that. that. doesn't really make a great commercial, right? That <laughs> <It> doesn't. <laughs> doesn't. sell. It's
1: easier. <laughs> it's easier to tell everybody the same thing, you know? Right. But it's, I mean, but it's like the one benefit, you know, the one really material like benefit to your health to having highly melanated skin is not getting skin cancer. <laughs> yet we're scaring right people, you know, yet we're scaring people about this gift that we have of, uh, you know, melanin, you know?
0: Yeah, I think maybe what you should have done is, on the day we were all supposed to get our superpowers, what was that, December 21st, 12th, whatever that girl said, you yeah. should have just came and told us all on Twitter that our super, we've had superpowers, and it is that we yeah. are less likely to get skin cancer. I think we would have listened. I think that you might have missed your window. I don't know.
1: I, you know, I really like that. That would have been an excellent um public health and public uh messaging campaign.
0: Man, I our melanin
1: our melanin is our superpower. You there, know?
0: You, there you go. That's your that's your and that's your book. That's your right. next article. That's the next title of your podcast. Um so what would you say to you are this doctor, you are you do teach in the medical school what would you say to someone, a young black person who isn't sure of where they want to go into medicine? Like what if not try to convince them to go into dermatology, but what would you say that would might pique their interest? Um, if you wanted to say like, you know, recruit some more people, diversify this field and change it up a bit.
1: I mean, I would explain to them just how much fun it is to, uh, be able to just, you know, walk into a room and, uh, Diagnose somebody with you know whether it's a cancer or um, some type of rare rash or you know be able to you know cure them of acne um, or even if you're more aesthetically inclined um, to you know rejuvenate their face or make them look as uh, as good as they possibly can um I think it's deeply rewarding to be able to develop relationships with um, people. And that's what I do as a physician is develop relationships with people and try to help them, you know, either through some acute thing that I can fix, um, you know, that visit or something more chronic, like say vitiligo or or psoriasis or something like that, that I might, you know, need to um, visit with them on a more regular basis. Um, And people of color, like seeing dermatologists that look like them, yes, you know, um, yes. for, for better or for worse, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, many of my non-black colleagues, um, are terrific dermatologists and, you know, would be able to take care of, you know, folks of color, um, in the same way that, that I could, but, uh, there's something about the skin and that relationship that certain patients, um, and especially when it comes to hair, actually, that, uh, mm-hmm you know, feel a certain kinship to people that um, look like them.
0: Right. Most definitely. When I lived in Iowa, there was surprisingly one black dermatologist. And we were like, why are you in Iowa? In the one. state?
1: In the whole state?
0: Um, I don't know the whole state. I lived in Iowa City. So like at least in the corridor, which was like Iowa City, Coralville, all the way up to like Cedar Rapids. So at least within, and Des Moines. So at least like a two hour <laughs> radius. Mm-hmm. Which is quite a lot, you know, almost the whole state, well, not the whole state, it's pretty long, but that's a good chunk of the state. Um, and um, they worked and in the neighborhood. That's where lived, too. <laughs> right. We, you know, that's where we lived. And granted, there's not that many black people, like, percentage-wise in Iowa, right? But still, there was this one person, um, and they had done their resident, did they do that? Yeah, did their residency there. Um with a renowned uh, dermatologist, but it was the first time that I really thought about. I never had a black dermatologist growing up, like ever. It made me think about when was the last time I had a black doctor? In to yeah, general-
1: say that's probably also you know rare too.
0: Yeah, I had a black orthodontist, but that was probably about which was also weird. Um, being from Texas, but yeah, but now I have like. I have a full t- health team of people full of color living here in Austin. So it's pretty great. I'm um, really sad to be leaving Austin soon. I'm like, well, I just got shot. Now I have to find new doctors. Um,
1: there are a lot in so- Dallas.
0: Right. So any recommendations of people you might know in Dallas. Um, but so I like to kind of ask this for you. Do you see yourself like is your mission to radically change the way we view medicine, the way we view health and the way we view our skin?
1: Um, so I don't necessarily know if I can radically change things. I mean, I, I guess I'm, the only thing I'm stuck on is the term. Um, yeah. I'm definitely trying to change things. Will it be radical? I'm not sure, but what, you know, what I hope to do Mm -hmm. is I hope to bring, you know, truth and clarity to some issues where I find there are none. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. I hope to, you know, bring equity to areas in medicine that I study um, where there are little and, you know, dermatology is a small little field and so mm-hmm. i'm hoping to be able to do that in you know this little space that i've carved out for myself and you know hopefully some people will listen
0: yeah i i think people are listening and you are radical radical because what does angela davis tell us is just grasping things at the root and you're grasping this field um and i'll definitely link all of the different things um some of the some of the public things that you've been uh, cited in and written so people can see the work that you are doing because you are you I mean you shook up how we viewed skin even even if it was only less than 20 people in our class and now we're going to tell our family members and our family members family members so slowly and a little corner of Twitter so I think you are you know you can do a little something maybe like right. a shortage.
1: hey I' give good yourself with a more credit. And, you know, but, but honestly, you know, if you think about, uh, and this is my view of science is, you know, it's a vast, you know, kind of, you know, either if you want to say ocean or sandbox or whatever analogy you want to want to do. And, you know, I'm hoping that I can just add, you know, a few grains of sand in there or, you know, a bucket of water or, you know, or I can make enough of a wave, you know, that, uh, it's felt in, uh, the other corner of uh you know of of the of the pool you know that's just kind of the way i look at it i mean i'm not gonna like empty out the whole you know sandbox and you know or something like that but you know just add a little something you know
0: just a, sm- just a little drop just a little seasoning in there.
1: Yeah.
0: um I have, this is how I end the podcast all the time because I do, I'm a, I like music and I like to, that's what's getting me through this, um, Panasonic that we're in here, Peppermint Patty, Ponderosa, whatever P word you want to call this thing.
1: Yeah, i um, a lot of people using a lot of P words for the pandemic.
0: Because we just, it's calling it a pandemic is just like, we know that's what we're in, but let's try to make light of it. So what's a? I call the Pythagorean theorem because I hate math, you know, um, hmm. Yeah, parallelogram. I've heard uh, also anything that's math related. I hate so if it's a p word, I'm there for it. Um, Parabola, my personal favorite. Um, really? But <laughs> what are we listening to to get through the like? What is your go to song on your playlist um, that's getting you through this uh, thing? Brand for a mm. year now.
1: Ooh. That is a. Uh... Probably, you know, some Bill Withers, lovely day, you know, just try to like kind of, uh, you know, just try to focus on the positive, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of pain, you know, there's a lot of loss, you know, but uh, I'm still, I'm still alive. My family's still doing okay. And there's going to be better days. And I'm hoping that this year, at least, you know, um, we're going to start to really, you know, see that light.
0: I hope so too. So can you, the last thing, can you tell the people if you want them to step into your corner of the world on the socials, can you tell them where to find you on Twitter?
1: Yeah. So you can find me at, uh, uh at a day Adamson. So A D E Adamson, A D A M S O N on Twitter. You want to in, uh, engage, talk anything, skin, related um anything related to uh to to medicine uh to race and medicine in particular Mm -hmm. um feel free to to reach out
0: okay i'll definitely link that in the show notes thank you so much for coming on dr adamson taking time out of your busy schedule this was fun um and i guess i'll virtually see you around campus you will all right thanks
1: all right